Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast with Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. We are thrilled to be with you here this week again, and we're going to be talking about going beyond. That just sounds like a fun subject for today. Let's go beyond. Uh, what we want to talk today about is going like coaching beyond the budget. And granted, there's a little bit of alliteration in there. But what we're really talking about is going beyond the numbers. Like, it's not always about numbers when it comes to our clients. In fact, I think we kind of alluded in the last couple of episodes to the fact that when one thing changes in your life, another thing is affected by that. And that's usually why people come to us. They think they have a money problem, but oftentimes money is just the symptom of something else that's going on for them. And so today we just want to take a few minutes to unpack some of the things that we can do as coaches to help them to discover what is that thing that's going on for them beyond the actual budget? How's that sound for you today, Cody? Sounds fantastic to me. I think that this is okay. very, very important. Yeah, I agree. And I think so many times people get into financial coaching because they see like the the promise when it comes to actual numbers and the numbers themselves are really, really great feedback for us. We've talked about that before. It's measurable. It's sexy. It's fun. But some of this other stuff beyond that or beneath that is actually where a lot of the, the magic happens. And so uh, I'm just really glad that we're going to be able to talk about that today. Um, if I may ask you real quick, Cody, do you ha- I know I'm putting you on the spot and I, I apologize for that, but I'm curious. Is there do. a, I, you know, it's what we do. Um, is it? <laughs> Is there, and it's okay if your answer is no to this because I'm throwing you on the spot, but can you think of anybody, a client recently who like gave you, uh, you know, you were walking through the budget with them and something came up that you're like, um, like that something's not matching there. Is, do you have anything recently that came up like that? Like you knew that there was something beneath that statement for her or him? Yeah. You know, there was, um, there is a couple I was working with recently and uh, you know, they're, they're trying to pay off their credit card. They just pay off their car, but, and they're trying to pay off their credit card. Um, and uh, you know, then also they're trying to get some savings in place. And what I had found was, is that they were like all excited because they were like, we put $1,500 on our credit card this month. And I was like, that's awesome. And then as we started working through the numbers, what we found out was, is that, they didn't actually pay off fifteen hundred. They, they put it on. They just paid it because they put fifteen hundred on it. You know, oh, um, th- it was the part of their cash flow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, and, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was like, wait a second. So what are we doing here, right? And uh, come to find out that they just had like this. Um, they had this love hate relationship with the credit card. You know, like they liked the points that they got, but they hated what the credit card did to them. Because mm. quite frankly, they're just not credit card people. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not anti credit card. I think that mm-hmm. there are credit card people and there's credit and there's not credit card people. They are not yeah. credit card people yet. Um, and we had to talk through that and it really, you know, talk about like, okay, well, why are we 
why are we doing what we're doing? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's maybe one example. I don't know if that's, that's exactly a perfect example. For. Yeah. I, I didn't have a specific thing I was looking for. Um, I really just wanted to hear what, what you came up mm-hmm. with. Um, so with that, what did they determine was like, why are we doing what we're doing? What, like, was there, was it a societal push? Was it a familial push? Or was it just the sexiness of the points? Like what, what had them not do what they knew that they wanted to do? Like you said, they're not credit card people. So what had them be inauthentic in that Mm -hmm. moment? Yeah, it was a mix of um, getting the points. And then Mm -hmm. also it was almost like a, like a Stockholm syndrome kind of thing Mm. where they found comfort in the abuser, you know, Mm. like they kind of viewed the credit card as, a security because they didn't want to spend their own money until they knew that everything was okay. Mm -hmm. So they found comfort in that, but they also like really hated this credit card at the same time because they, because it did so much damage to them, you know? So it was like a Stockholm syndrome kind of thing. Yeah. So what kind of damage did it do to them? Cause you've used that phrase twice. And Mm -hmm. so I'm just curious when they, when they identify that, what do they identify as damage? I mean, the obvious one is just the thousands of dollars that they're in debt, right? Mm. Um, that's the obvious one. Um, okay. <laughs> but then, you know, there was also another element to where like one of the spouses racked it up without the other spouse's knowledge. So there was like mm. a little bit of like financial infidelity and it was kind of a sore subject there. Um, you know, just stuff like that. You know, like Mm -hmm. it had created more than just financial damage. It was also a little bit more emotional as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you say just stuff like that, because that's probably the heart of what they're talking about with the damage. Uh, Because, because, I mean, yeah, like I bet their voices shifted and into, Mm -hmm. you know, downshifted and stuff during that time. Um, So one of the tools that I really like to use with individuals is the idea of asking them, how do you know that to be true? So when, when they're, it's just a really powerful question. When they are uh, telling you something, whether they say that they're really good with money or they're really bad with money or that this credit card, the points are really good for them, that kind of thing, rather than saying like, why? Because we know that oftentimes we try to get to the heart of why. But when we're talking about why do you do that, it tends to put people on the defense. And so mm-hmm. that's a different kind of question, right? Uh, but this is a really good way to say, how do you know that to be true? Then they're like, sometimes they're like, oh, I don't know it to be true at all. I think they come to that own discovery for themselves. And sometimes they come up with a really good reason as to why they think it's true. Uh, But sometimes it's in the middle where it's like, they come up with a good reason that that makes them think that something's true, but then they realize that that's not the truth at all. Mm -hmm. And so um, when you're, I, I just wanted to find out from you, like, what was the real reason that those credit cards were not serving them? Uh, it might have something to do with stuff that we can already see, but as you start to dig a little deeper, it came to it. It probably brought up some of that deeper seated, you know, financial infidelity that they had experienced. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's one thing that I think is a really good way to kind of get to the heart of things. But I also think that um, as, as coaches, we have, 
I like to call it intuition. Um, I don't know. I know that there's been science done about, you know, what's being said in our head and in our heart and in our gut. In fact, I was reading a book the other day um, where I where I got that. I think it's called uh, The Discomfort Zone. You see me looking over there? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I'm trying to see the right thing. So it's, it's called The Discomfort Zone. And it's actually... They actually talked about some of the science that's been done. Now, that book was written probably 10, 12 years ago. I'm sure the science has come a long way since then. Uh, But this idea that we can identify things in our head and in our heart and in our gut. And when we're talking to our clients, we're hearing a lot of the things that have to do with the numbers, but we need to allow our guts to kind of go, oh, like I saw something there in their voice, in in their um, intonation. Mm -hmm. I saw their face do something. Um, and, and so we know that even logically, as they're speaking logically or numbers, that we're looking for other things as well to help them to identify like what's really going on here. Now, I know that you talked last week, like in depth and great depth about the consultation. And towards the end, we talked about scripting a little bit. And I remember you saying like, it has to be from the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since we're talking about head, heart, and gut for just a couple seconds here, tell me what you meant by it has to be from the heart. I guess in in those regards, what I meant by that is like, it has to be you, you know, Um, like you can't put up a front, you can't pretend, uh, you can't be more than what you are and you can't be less than what you are. Like it mm-hmm. has to be you, you know? And mm-hmm. that's, that's what I think I meant when we were talking about the consultation. Um, mm-hmm. Now in these regards, when you're like actively coaching someone, uh, it's kind of the same thing that like, it does have to come from the heart, but instead of coming from you, you have to open up your heart. I think. Mm. You know, like instead of pouring your heart out for someone else, you need to open up your heart for someone, you know, Mm -hmm. so that you can like really empathize with them. You can feel what they're saying. You can feel Mm -hmm. what they're not saying Mm -hmm. and then truly Mm -hmm. not just hear them, but then understand them Mm -hmm. to then help them. I think that that's the difference when you're in a consultation versus active coaching. Yeah, absolutely. That's so beautifully stated, Cody. I love that. Thank you. you I know, I know. And that's, (laughs) that's why I love that we don't really talk about a lot of this stuff before we get on because then it becomes truly like raw. And that I think is where a lot of this stuff happens. So, um, but I really agree. And I think that, um, you know, we can use all of like the reflecting techniques that we've learned about in, in our coaching training and such, uh, to be able to like, express that empathy for our clients and so that they really feel that it is from the heart that we're doing that. Um, But I also am curious, like, what about that fine line between being, being you and sharing your story when it comes to coaching individuals beyond the actual numbers? Is there a distinction? And if so, how do how do our listeners identify so what, that? So just to, just make sure I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're asking is is like when is it appropriate to share my own personal experiences with with a, a client? 
Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. 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 I do that a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't do it in the sense of like, this is what I did. Mm-hmm. You should be like me. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not it. It's, mm-hmm. it's always in the sense of, hey, this happened to me. So I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand mm-hmm. where you're coming from. And, you know, because I also had experience with that, um, you know, this is one option of, you know, what might work for you. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. I, I really like that. I think also um, one thing that I just want to be careful of when we're talking about that line is that we might experience very similar happenings. Mm-hmm. But our our reaction to those could still be very different. So one thing we just need to be careful of is to not say that we know how they feel or we know what that's like, only because we don't know what their experience of that particular thing is. Very good point. Um, But having said that, that doesn't mean we can't share. I've gone through something very similar to this, so I know how it affected me. How is it affecting you? Right. So it, we're, we're mm-hmm. giving them that ability to know that it is relatable. Um, but we're also not taking away their experience and putting our own in there in the place of that. So, mm-hmm. um, and I, I know that a very common place of that is like if you've lost your mom and then you hear that somebody else was visiting their mom, you're like, I know exactly how you're feeling. Right. And it's like, right. yeah, you don't because you don't know what the relationship was with their mom, et cetera, et cetera. Right. All of those circumstances are around there. And I know that humanly, like we want to connect with people. So there is that, that um, uh, temptation, I think is the word I'm looking for to do that. So that's one, just one little piece in there. But I absolutely agree with you that we need to be human with people. And mm-hmm. I think that's where kind of going beyond the budget really helps them with that is that they're realizing they're not talking to AI. We're not just some random robot. We're not just a calculator spitting out numbers, realizing that they aren't just numbers to us. We're actually wanting to help them get to the heart of things. So um, one other thing I'll bring up is from last time, I think it was last time we talked about the consultation. I think you were talking about um, the application that you have them fill out the questionnaire beforehand. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions that I added in there was like, tell me a money story that you remember from childhood. Um, If we could just unpack that a little bit today, I think that's super important. Yeah. Like that, that is one thing that will help us be able to coach beyond for them, beyond those numbers. Um, Excuse me. So what kinds of money stories have you heard from people? Even if you don't ask that question exactly the same, I know you've heard a ton of stories come up. What is one that jumped out to you that you're like, oh, yeah, like that that could that could really mess somebody up and they're really just with money, right? yeah. you know? Yeah. There was um, one woman who grew up with uh, divorced parents and, um, you know, the mom didn't do very well with money. The dad did do well with money. Mm. And uh, it was a classic story of like, mom is painting dad out to be the bad guy kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, telling her that like, you know, he's not paying child support. He's not supporting us. We're over here. We can barely eat and like all this kind of stuff. And then the dad's telling her like, I don't know what she's talking about. I am paying like all this kind of stuff. Um, So just like a lot of, confusion for a kid 
growing yeah. up, um, you know, parents pinned against each other, basically using the child as like, you know, a tool kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like her mom, uh, like manipulated her with her own money. Like when she got a te- when she was a teenager, uh, she made her get a job and then like, she would like charge her certain things for things in the house, uh, like car insurance, for example. And she found out later as she was an adult that she was actually charging the car insurance, not just for her, but for the entire family. So she was, Mm -hmm. you know, a 15 year old kid paying for the entire family's car insurance under the guise of you're just paying me for yours. So she was taken advantage of, she was stolen from all that kind of stuff. Does that sound like someone who might have a weird relationship with money? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and what's you started to worry me for just a second cuz I am a mom of teenagers who made them go get a job and who's also making me pay making them pay for some stuff. So until you went to that next part I'm like, "Oh, what am I doing? What am I like what am I yeah, setting no. them up for?" Um <laughs> but it, for that part it wasn't it wasn't that she was having to go get a job or that she was having to pay for things. What was wrong with that situation is that she was being absolutely lied to and taken advantage of. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I could see how that would really make somebody kind of go, oh, yeah, I don't I think money, you know, well, I don't want to I don't want to put it in there. How did she interpret that as what did her relationship with money look like? What did she think money was for? So with that being said, she had a extremely scarcity mindset. Okay. And she also was self-sabotaging herself because she thought that any time that she would get ahead, that people would just take it from her. Mm-hmm. There. That's right. So she'd pay off something and then she'd rack it right back up mm-hmm. over and over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's because, so when you said scarcity, some people like people describe that differently. It's a, it's a buzzword that we use scarcity, mm-hmm. abundance, etc. Uh, so I wasn't sure what you meant by that, but, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said she thought people were going to take it away from her, take it advantage of her if she had more and therefore was getting rid of it before someone else could take it. She's a person who uh, does not spend a lot and she saves a lot. But then once she gets that savings, she gets really, really anxious about it. And then she blows it. It's like a Mm. it's like a binge kind of thing. And Interesting. It just goes all out the window, and then she starts right back from ground zero, right back into I'm not buying anything. I need to protect myself, and then she protects herself, and then she thinks, Oh my gosh, I protected myself. It's going to be taken away, so I'm going to get rid of it before that happens. Yeah. What's her relationship like with her dad now? Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So she saw that he was actually trying to protect her, and that's where mm-hmm. she gets that saving mentality. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that's crazy. Okay. Very cool. Um, yeah, that, that is exactly the type of story that I was curious about. And I'm going to share one with you. This is actually not about a current client that I have, but it's about an experience that we had at the beginning of the year. Um, I got to go to a ranch where individuals, um, who have been sex trafficked are then kind of, I don't want to use the word rescue, but kind of like they are brought to this place where it's, uh, kind of like a recovery house. They have already gotten, you know, clean from drugs and alcohol and stuff. So it's not recovery from that. It's more like recovery from the trauma that they most obviously have gone through. And one of the things that um, 
that came abundantly clear. They actually do budgeting and stuff in the home so that these girls can understand how to get a job and work for money the right way and be able to then, you know, have it uh, and manage it. But the amount of trauma that goes with it in their money relationship, it's like, they're almost afraid to have money because a, they were never allowed to have it. Right. Mm-hmm. Any money that they made was taken by their abusers. So that was like, like with your girl, a little bit different situation, but it was taken from them. And also money in that sense was corrupt and dirty. And so it's like the last money thing that bad. you want, yes, is to be able to, to <laughs> amass a bunch of it. And, and what do you do with it? So, um, it's just, I saw some women though who had, come on the other side of that. And it was just so beautiful to see what they're doing with their money now. And then also the lady who founded this organization to begin with, uh, she always said, you know, she actually is part of a, um, like a multi-level marketing business and did really well, but didn't really need any more money is how she put it. She's like, I don't need any more money. And there was that mental, that mindset of I'm going to be selfish if I go and and work this business and try to get any more. But then she realized that God had something in store for her and got, he wanted her to do something very important for other people. And she needed the money in order to do that thing. And so she was able to then shift her mindset into, I'm not, I'm not uh, worshiping at the altar of money, but I'm also not going to continue to turn it away because I know that even if I don't need this, it can be used for good. And she was able to shift that relationship with money. And I can't even tell you the amount of lives that that has now impacted over and over and over. And so um, I, I, again, that's not a client of mine, but it's just such a great story about how if we can help people get past some of those thoughts that are going around uh, about money, whether they have it or they don't have it, right? So those were two extremes I just gave you. It, it's, it can absolutely be life-changing, not just for our clients, but for people that maybe aren't even born yet. People mm-hmm. that they've never met yet. And that ripple effect that it has is absolutely incredible. And so, um, yeah, if we just keep asking our clients, how do you know that to be true? <laughs> so that they can figure out, is it actually true? Is it not? And if it's not, how do we as coaches help shift that mindset for them so that when their budget comes into alignment, the way we're helping them do that, it doesn't stop there. And there's not a relapse back into the debt that they were in and the mess that they were in because now they've gotten their mindset under control as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, this is just a few examples that Mm -hmm. you can do. There's so many other things. And I mean, if you really want us to, we could unpack them all. It would probably be our longest episode to date, maybe like an <laughs> hour episode, something like that. Um, I don't but, think you know, either one of you or I have the energy for that to be no. fully transparent. So we're no. probably not going to, but. <laughs> yeah. But the point being is that this should be something that really does open up some thoughts. You know, if you've never talked to your clients about their upbringing around money, I would highly recommend that you do because a lot of how they behave, how they behave, what they think about it, their belief systems, all that kind of stuff is 
entangled in there. Mm-hmm. And if you understand that clearly, and if they understand that clearly, then the path to help them heal from those things that might be holding them back, it's a lot easier to go down, you know? So if you haven't done that yet, I would highly recommend it. Um, and then just start brainstorming in different ways to get beyond the numbers with people in a powerful way, you know, like maybe help them find their why, like, why do they, why do they actually want to do this at the surface mm-hmm. level reason, but the real reason, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and brainstorm about other ideas too, but I have found with my own cat coaching practice and just hearing feedback from clients is that stuff that actually is valuable to them. Yeah. The money stuff is great. They appreciate that. But it's the transformational stuff that they really, really love. That's right. So. Yeah. It's not about information transfer. It's about transformation. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, as always, I love having these conversations with you. And I hope that all of our listeners have gotten just as much out of it as we have. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week and last week and the week before and for coming back next week where we will see you again. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.